بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمد رسول کریم اماباد الحمد للہ چنائٹ از دا ٹوینٹی تھرڈ آف فیبروری ان دا ایئر ٹو تھاؤزینڈ اینڈ that we're going through the illustrious and blessed life of the noble companion Sayyidina Amr ibn al-As radiyallahu and I spent quite a few sessions highlighting his status in the glorious deep and how much our beloved messenger had great love and affection for him sallallahu alayhi wa sallam just how beautifully did the honorable Hafiz Dhahabi described this most noble man when he said in praise he radiyallahu is amongst the most exalted men of the Quraysh in opinion cleverness resoluteness capability and insight into the art of war he was amongst the most illustrious of the kings of the Arabs and one of the most distinguished muhajirun So this is recorded in Hafiz Zahabi in his Seah 3-59. So Hafiz Zahabi, he wrote a work on the lives of the nobles. And in there, he was basically summing up Sayyidina Amr's status. And he said he's one of the exalted men of the Quraysh, like which the Prophet mentioned. Cleverness, resoluteness, capability, insight into the art of war. Then he described as one of the illustrious kings of the Arabs, which I'll mention at a little time. And he was one of the most distinguished muhajirun, radiyallahu. Therefore, may the curse of Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be upon those who speak ill or try to find fault with such a truly exalted and chosen soul. Amen. So moving on, with regards to his blessed life. So like I mentioned, He embraced Islam at the hands of the Honorable King Najashi But as fate would have it, he only spent a short time with our beloved Messenger and Najashi passed away. So he was so beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that Allah the Almighty revealed his death to his beloved through Jibreel. The hadith is in Sayyid Bukhari and the Prophet وسلم, he said he goes the righteous man Ashama has passed away Rahmatullah he goes let us all arise and offer the funeral prayer for him. So the Prophet actually mentioned his name his name is Ashama Rahmatullah so he passed away and look how strange the statement is If a person poses the question, has any tabi'in passed away in the lifetime of the Prophet? So on the face of it, he's thinking, what a strange question that is, brother. How can a tabi'in pass away in the time of the Prophet? And the answer is yes. Najashi. So he was given unique honors by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The other touching thing was Amr. Amr ibn al-As radiyallahu. He offered the funeral prayer behind Rasulullah 
but how poignant must those words have been <laughs> because the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said jibril has informed me and he didn't say jibril because namus the one who brings the secret knowledge has informed me that ashama has passed away so why is that touching because amr what did najashi say to amr he goes oh amr do you want me to hand over the messenger of the one who is the messenger of the one whom namus comes to ai jibril alay salatu wasalam and then surely thereafter amr embraced islam and look how beautiful just a short time with the prophet the prophet says exactly that he goes jibril has informed me so amr obviously remembered what najashi had said he goes look how the words of najashi have proved true yet again so the funeral prayer was offered in terms of the fiqh very briefly it was a ghayb janaza meaning the body wasn't in front of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam there was no body the body was in abyssinia so it was a absentee body funeral so according to imam shafi this is permissible imam abu hanifa and other schools they said no the reason this was done in the time of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam was that there was no muslims to to offer his funeral prayer because obviously the muslims had migrated back to the prophet by that time sallallahu alaihi wasallam so the prophet uh, he was he received revelation indicating it was a honor given to najash the only thing which is interesting there's a hadith in abu daud and the hadith in abu daud mentions that people could see a nur or a light emitting from his grave so the people were you know had the honor to see where he was buried they see kind of a light over his grave So obviously he was a man of fatherish. Mm. So he passed away shortly after when Amr had returned radiyallahu. Mm. So moving on entitled The Destruction of the Idol Sawa. So first of all what is this idol? Allah the Almighty and Glorious he says about the people of Nuh alayhi salatu wasalam In Surah Nuh, alayhi salatu wasalam, Surah seventy-one, verse twenty-three, of the Bilaim Nishadan Rajim. وَقَالُوا لَا تَذَرُنَّ عَلِهَتَكُمْ And they said, "You shall not leave your gods." وَلَا تَذَرُنَّ وَدًّا وَلَا سُوَاعًا وَلَا يَغُوثَ وَيَعُوقَ وَنَصْرَةً No, will you leave wad? No, sua. No Yahuth, no Yauk, no Nasr, i.e. the various idols. So these idols have been may have been mentioned clearly in the Quran. One of the idols in the time of Nuh alayhi salatu wasalam was Sawa. Allah Taala mentions that they said we will not leave Sawa. So what are the origins of these five idols? So the report is in Sahih Bukhari. Ibn Kathir's tafsir, but I'll add something in the middle. Abdullah ibn Abbas radiyallahu anhu he said, these five idols were all named after righteous men from the people of Nuh. So think about that. They were idols, so you're thinking, okay, stupid stone idols, people worshipping them, or wooden idols, whatever they were. But their origin, they were righteous men. Then Ibn Abbas said, "Radiyallahu anhu, when these men died, 
shaitan inspired Nuh people to erect statues in honor of them at their gathering places where they used to come and sit and to name these statues after these men. So what was the inspiration of shaitan? Because these were great men <laughs> and they used to sit and you used to learn so much from them. So wherever they sat to honor that sitting place, put a monument there and name those monuments after those men in commemoration. Now to add the other report. In Ibn Jarir and Ibn Kathir in their respective tafsirs, Muhammad Ibn Qais, he further elaborated, Rahmatullah when the righteous men died, the companions who used to follow them said, if we make images of them, it will then increase our desire to perform worship when we remember them. Let's open the report. So what's happening? Shaitan's playing a game. So he's told them, remember these righteous men. They themselves said, this is what we're doing it for. It will inspire us when we see them to further increase in our worship. Going back to the report in Bukhari. Hence they did this. But these statues were not worshipped until after those people who built them had died. And the knowledge for why they were initially erected was lost. Then these statues were later worshipped by the ignorant. So this is a very important report because it clearly indicates how idol worship began. And it was through shaitan's whispering to remember the righteous by creating monuments. And what's interesting, the initial people obviously weren't going to worship them. But once the monuments were in place and the people died, people will then start losing. Why? What's the purpose of these? And eventually they started to worship in another report, Muhammad ibn Qais further explained Rahmatullah Iblis approached him and said, Your predecessors used to worship these statues and they were granted rain by their worship of them. Thus, the ignorant thereupon started worshipping them. Subhanallah. This is in Ibn Jarir and Ibn Kathir in their respective tafsir. So what happened? The people who were initially built the monuments, they passed away. Shaitan then approached the people after, I don't know how long after. And what did he say to them? He goes, your predecessors who built these statues, they worshipped them and because of their worship, rain was sent. Then the people started worshipping. So what happened? Shaitan started a domino. Ultimately, he wanted them to commit shirk. So now what's interesting about this? Hafiz ibn Taymiyyah in his At-Tawassal al-Wasila, page 18, he said, All shirk in existence goes back to either the people of Nuh والسلام, or to the people of Ibrahim. How? The people of Nuh والسلام, used to worship idols and exalt saints and holy people. Whereas the people of Ibrahim worship celestial bodies and stars. I refer to Surah Al-An'am, 
Surah 6 verse 75 to 79. Thus, any philosophy that worships idols or over-venerates saints and ancestors is based upon the false religion of the people of Nuh, whilst any philosophy that worships celestial objects then originated from the people of Ibrahim. So look how beautiful. Hafiz ibn Taymiyyah, he summed up shirk. He goes, all shirk, think about that. <laughs> you, know, you think this is going to be really complicated. All shirk is going to be a huge lecture. No, it goes back to two. It goes by the time, to the time of Nuh, or Ibrahim, and he explained, the people of Nuh, they worshipped idols, and they over-exalted saints. So going back to the reports, that's how it started. And he goes, the people of Ibrahim worship the stars. So if you look at the verses, he goes, I look, he started looking at the star, he looked at the moon, and he looked at the sun. Then he goes, I'm sick of these. I'm going to worship the Lord. Why was he looking at them? Because they worshipped them. So anybody to this day who worships the celestial objects, their shirk goes back to the time of Ibrahim And those who worship idols goes back to the time of Muhammad alayhi salatu wasalam. Thus, shirk began during the era of Nuh alayhi salatu wasalam. This is very important. Adam alayhi salatu wasalam was the first prophet sent onto the earth. Who was he sent to? He was sent to his, his own children. <laughs> Look how strange that is. Normally a prophet sent to his calm, his people. <laughs> you got a prophet who was sent to his own children. <laughs> And his, he did his job so well, that Shirak did not enter into his lineage until the time of the first messenger, Ainuh. So how do we know that? In Hakim in his Mustadrak, number 3654 or 2-536, Sahih, Zahabi Sahih, Abdullah ibn Abbas, he said, between Nuh and Adam, there were 10 generations all of which followed the law upon the truth however they then differed thus Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent prophets wasalam, as bearers of glad tidings and warners of punishment so let's look at it so this is a sahih hadith from Ibn Abbas so what did the great Ibn Abbas say there was 10 Qurun Ten generations between the time of Adam and Nuh, all followed the law, meaning the Shariat, upon the truth, i.e. Tawheed. There was no Shirk. But then they differed, meaning Shirk suddenly emerged. Why? Going back to the narrative. When Shirk emerged, Allah then sent messengers. Because they were sent to bring people back to Tawheed. So who was the first messenger? It was Nuh, alayhi salatu wasalam. So now this explains. There were prophets between Adam and Nuh, alayhi salatu wasalam, but they weren't messengers. The reason being because they were sent to Muslims. Sheath, alayhi salatu wasalam, Idris, alayhi salatu wasalam. Nuh was a messenger. Why? Because Shirk emerged. Indeed, no other than our beloved messenger himself said, sallallahu alayhi salam. The first prophet, alayhi salatu wasalam, who was sent as a messenger was Nuh, alayhi salatu wasalam. 
This is recorded in Ibn Asakir, Deir Lemmi and Udus. Shaykh Al-Bani Rahmatullah stated Sahih in Sahih Al-Jami, number 2585, and as number 1289. So the Prophet explicitly said that Sahih Hadith, because he was the first Prophet sent, meaning a messenger, Nuh, alayhi salatu wasalam. Those, Nuh, alayhi salatu wasalam, was the first of the 315 exalted and chosen messengers because our beloved messenger had said sallallahu alayhi wasallam the messengers alayhi salatu wasalam were 315 in number this is in tabarani ibn hiban and shaykh al-bani rahmatullahi stated sahih in as-sahiha number 2668 so in this sahih hadith 124,000 prophets 315 were messengers another report mentions 313 Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. But this is a Sayyid Hadith mentioning 315. So, now think about this. The first shirk which emerged was in the time of Nuh. The righteous men had become idols. One of the same idols, Suwa, one of the five righteous men, later became the idol of the Hudayl tribe in the Arabian Peninsula. So look how shocking this is. You're thinking, okay, this is ancient history. Ancient. It's probably all dead and dusted. That idol was now being worshipped in the Arabian Peninsula. So what? Hafiz Ashami Rahmatullah in his Subalul Rashad 6-303, he said, for generations, the people of Hudayl worshipped glorified and even performed pilgrimage to Sawa. For generations, the people of Hudel worshipped, glorified and even performed pilgrimage to Sawa. So this tribe was worshipping the idol. This all changed after the fall of Makkah. When the people of Hudayl, amongst numerous other tribes, had now entered into the fold of Islam. The idol of Sawa those now needed to be destroyed. And to achieve that, our beloved Messenger وسلم, dispatched a unit that was headed by no other than Sayyidina Amr ibn al-As. Subhanallah. So look at that, this ancient idol, who was initially a righteous man, has been worshipped for thousands of years. Who put him to bed? <laughs> the Prophet chose Amr. <laughs> so where's the proof? Hafiz ibn Sayyid al-Nas rahmatullahi in his Uyun al-Athar, page 249. Hafiz Waqidi in his Al-Maghazi 2-870. Sayyidina Amr himself relates, when we read Suwa, its caretaker was there. And he asked us, what do you want? Stop in the report. How often do you hear this? So people are worshipping the idol. Okay, all right. And it's a caretaker. Why does the idol need a caretaker? It's like saying, your God needs somebody to look after him. But anyway, this also had a caretaker. And no, it's money-making schemes. It's all his caretaker. You know, he needs, you know, his burfi. Right? So he saw the Sahabis, what do you want? So Amr radiallahu said, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa has ordered me to destroy Sawa. Mm. 
He responded, you will never be able to do that. So Amr said, and why is that? To which he responded, you will be prevented from doing so. <laughs> so I replied, even till this moment, you are upon falsehood. Woe to you. Does it even hear or can it even see? I then approached the idol and I smashed it. <laughs> so I didn't even go into details even. Just told him off. Say, okay. You're still, you know, you must be sleeping. You just smashed it. I then gave a command to my companions and they then destroyed the edifice that was constructed for it, though they found nothing inside. So Amr obviously was very, you know, one of the most brightest of the Arabs. He thought, a lot of these idols, there's a lot of wealth for some reason that people put underneath. So he thought, let's see if I can get to that as well, right? So he dug it out, there was nothing. I then turned to the custodian and I said, now what do you think of your God? He replied, I submit to Allah. <laughs> he blesses Allah. So, Look how interesting this is. On the face of it, you're thinking, okay, idol was destroyed, good riddance. But look at the history of it. That man, who was a pious man, so what? How pleased must he have been when he finally heard in the barzakh, the idol that was in your name has now been destroyed. And one of the companions of the final messenger destroyed. So it was an honor for him. But how sad that all these idols all over the world over probably got origins of righteous people. Now this is also another point I want to mention before we finish. Why is it important to mention the history of these idols? Because you shouldn't argue over these points. So for instance, when people say you shouldn't over-venerate the righteous, so people get offended by that. Mm. Think, what do you mean don't offend what you supposed to disrespect them. No, no, I didn't say disrespect them. You know, you respect them, you honor them, but you don't go overboard. Because how can you go overboard? They start arguing with you. And then you go, because it could lead to shirk. And then they go, how can it lead to shirk? What are you talking about? And then you have to like basically, you know, spell it out to them again. Because have you heard of Sowa? They go, and then you go into the history. Because these were good men, righteous men. They ended up being idols. Did you know that? And then they look at like that. Well, how did that happen? Then you go into the history. You can see now. What do you notice? The Muslim world over. You can see the same illnesses. So note again. This is why I went into this to highlight. Look, it's the same jahiliyyah that's come again, and then end up committing shirk. You know, so-called Muslims. And one brother, this is again shocking, he started arguing with me and he reached a point where he said, no, shirk never took place with righteous people. And he was arguing with me. I was in Bukhari. <laughs> and then he goes, no, it isn't. So then I looked at him, maybe I made a mistake, found it. And I told him, I goes, no, it's in Bukhari. And then he goes, no. He goes, shirk only started from the celestial bodies. <laughs> And why has he got that in his heart? Because unfortunately, people have these misunderstandings in Islam and they will defend it. <laughs> people who over-venerate the righteous, this is a warning to them. <laughs> but, like I mentioned, I'm not saying don't 
disrespect them. You honor respect the righteous, but you know there's a point you cannot cross. If you cross that, then you will end up committing Billah, falling into the greatest sin of all. Are you sure? And all you need to do is study the history of Islam. Mm-hmm. You know, Allah Ta'ala has taught you, just study the book, you'll find the answers to these, you know, these ailments. So all I mentioned today was two things. One was the sad passing of Najashi, the one whose hands Amr embraced Islam. And Amr obviously was greatly moved upon hearing of his passing. And then I mentioned that one of his early roles was to destroy one of the idols after the fall of Makkah, the idol Sawah. And I went into a bit of the history for the reason, so that you'd know how these things came about. They didn't just pop up one night. Shaitan plants the seeds, waters it, nurtures it, and eventually it should explode. And we need to be alerted to where these dangers are in the Muslim world. Are there any questions you'd like to ask? Subhanallah bihamdi zamanak Allahumma bihamdika ashtu la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka atubu ilayka wa tibillahi bin ashadan shim subhanallah rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun as-salamu ala al-mursaleen alhamdulillah al-mursaleen bismillahirrahmanirrahim wal-asr in the sallati khusr in the dina amun wa amil as-salihat wa asr bihaq 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 wa asr bihaq